Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to the 82nd level of the RPG Cave. I am one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turf. I'm joined, as always, by the level 99 human, uh, I don't know, wyvern rider, Mr. Garrett Bland. Oh. Garrett, how are you doing? I tried to come up with a Fire Emblem class off the top of my head. I got to the edge of the diary just, board. Just right there. I realized that oh, was a really it. dumb idea, but whatever. No, no, we went you're with good. it. We went you're with good. it. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling. Yeah. Um, yeah, with my husbandos and waifus. Yep. Ready to get into it, you know, talking all Fire Emblem. I I love Fire Emblem, man. It's so good. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm so excited for our talk tonight because tonight's episode, all about Fire Emblem Engage. And before y'all turn off your dials, um, as if you're watching us on your old school television, um, we will not be talking about spoilers tonight. Um, we'll talk about the story a little bit, but this is going to be like a spoiler free or as spoiler free as humanly possible kind of discussion here. So just FYI, you don't have to worry about spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled on the game if you're still playing through it, because it's a long spoilers. game. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this. Fire and Blowing Gage. It's pretty not long a game. short game. No, no, no. I, I would, you know, it may be a little shorter than Three Houses. Maybe. So, three Houses was a struggle for me. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows my experience with it, so. Can, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll leave that off to the side. But before we get into all that, folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you're watching the live stream right now over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming, or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed already, and then ding, 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 ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with new videos. Or let us know in the comments below who your favorite husbando or waifu is from Fire Emblem Engage or any of your other you know, Fire Emblem favorite games. So let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're listening on audio feeds, don't forget to subscribe to us there as well. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you have an extra job. Just, uh, you know, throw us a little rating on there. Maybe five stars if you think we're awesome. Uh, maybe leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. All that stuff helps the show get discovered. And then also, last but not least, if you want this and other podcasts a little bit early on the audio side, or if you want some exclusive content exclusive, like the Console War Room with Mr. Badbit and Sean Capri, or the Unique Capri podcast, which we're actually recording tomorrow, uh, you can head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash carpoolgaming, throw a little tip in the old tip jar, and out comes content. All right, without further ado, Garrett, it is time to finally read from the sacred texts, because we got to talk about this game. This is a little old game that came out pretty recently, Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, I talked about it a lot, actually, on the Nintendo Drive with, uh, with Seth and Sean last week, um, but we kind of did, I kind of gave, like, my kind of loose impressions um whereas this is going to be like a much more guided conversation um we have lots of stuff to go through including you know how we played the game how far we got what we thought of the story overall combat mechanics because i know you and i garrett probably have lots to talk about when it comes to the combat mechanics for this game um Mm -hmm. as well as uh answering a bunch of y'all's questions so i think that's what we're going to do tonight it's going to be our kind of review discussion of fire emblem engage and i'm so excited to talk to you about it tonight rather than us posting like a normal like five minute review this will kind of live in infamy as our fire bloom review going forward so sounds good first of all garrett going into this yes you may not know this but you know going all the way back we did a fire Emblem episode on like episode nine where we talked about like our history of the series and we did like a big overview of fire Emblem, but 
there's been a lot of people who have started listening to the show recently um, and mm-hmm. they might not have checked out that episode. So I feel like it's good for us, a good exercise to actually go through kind of our quick history with the Fire Emblem series just for new listeners. Because we definitely know mm-hmm. there's a lot of new listeners that are joining us in the cage and also huge thank you to everyone who's been, you know, hopping in the discord and, and chatting us up or leave us the giant disc- like, like, uh, well, actually kind of comments in the YouTube comments. Uh, those have been amazing to kind of go through as they've, well. They've been interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, huge thank you to everyone who's kind of been listening to the podcast or who's been discovering the podcast as of late. So, uh, Garrett, I'm going to start with you, of course. Yes. Uh, hit me up. What's your history with the Fire Emblem series. Sure. Um, I did not know what Fire Emblem was uh, until um, Super Smash Brothers Melee when I found good old Marth and Roy in uh, the roster of, of, you know, Super Smash Brothers. And I didn't know what Fire Emblem was like during that time. I, I didn't know there was a game associated with them. I, I knew they may have come from something, but I never really sought out Fire Emblem during the time. I was like, oh, okay, those are some two cool new characters. And, you know, they follow up more in, in the next Smash Bros. And then when we got into the 3DS and Wii U era, that's when I think that was when Fire Emblem put a major push. And especially in the handheld scene. Yeah. Um, and so my first Fire Emblem game was Awakening. Um, back in oh man, this must have been 2014. Yep. I think that's yeah, that's when that game came out. And uh no, I still remember when I first got it, I, I instantly fell in love with it. Um, became one of my favorite Nintendo franchises. Um, no, the first party franchises um ever. So I, I really enjoy Awakening. That's still probably my favorite. Uh, Fire Emblem game, um, very. I, I love the you know the mechanics around it and the novelty behind it. Uh, and then I played Fire Emblem Conquest out of the Fire Emblem Fates trio. I did not play any others just because I think during the time I was just playing other games and I didn't want to repeat myself. And Conquest really scarred me because Conquest is the only one that does permadeath. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do casual. And so that was rough. That was a rough game to beat. Um, but I went through it. I managed it. And then I played Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, which is the remake of the previous Fire Emblem game. Uh, really good. I really enjoyed that one. That, that might be um, up there, like top three Fire Emblem games. Uh, and then, of course, Three Houses and Engage Now. So, yeah, okay. I've been playing at least every generation of, of Fire Emblem games since Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, I have not played the previous, uh, Fire Emblem games beforehand. So that's pretty much it. Okay. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. As for me, I have a similar story, but I actually started a little bit earlier because, uh, just like you, I also discovered, you know, Marth and and Roy through Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, but if you go into kind of the, the, the trophy descriptions in Super Smash Brothers Melee, they always like, cause there's a bunch of characters in that, that you get trophies for that aren't even just playable characters. There's also non-playable characters and they all have at least a little bit of information about their game listed there. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's where I found out that, you know, Martha and Roy were from from games called Fire Emblem. Um, and when I did kind of my Nerd. research on the Internet at the time, um, yeah. with the, obviously yeah. those games did not exist here in North America, unfortunately. But around mm-hmm. that time, we were getting the very first Fire Emblem games in North America. And the first one I actually played uh, was Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones on the Game Boy Advance. Um, That was actually the Mm -hmm. second Fire Emblem release we got in North America. Um, The first one was just called just Fire Emblem. uh, And it had 
you know, it, it, I think it was one of uh, Roy's games. I haven't, I still haven't played that one yet. Um, Me neither. It's still sitting on my Wii U. I will play it eventually, but I have not played it yet. <laughs> the Wii U. I mean, <laughs> what a it, treasure trove of like just everything. But it was every Nintendo game. <laughs> it was just so much cheaper to buy it there than buy the actual cartridge, though. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Like it was and, and, five dollars. You know, good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Wii U. Wii U is such like every time you say it, like I I keep forgetting that there's DS. And there's, is there 3D? They're no, they're not 3DS. No, 3DS DS, games. DSi yeah, and G- GBA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the worst part about it is, is that um, we, like, we had the sampling of Game Boy Advance games on 3DS with the Ambassador program, because we actually have yes. Secret Stones if you were an Ambassador. Um, but unfortunately, they never, you know, put out the other any other Game Boy Advance games on 3DS, which made me sad because that would have been because those games play great on 3DS. So I'm actually kind of sad that they're fantastic on 3DS. Yeah. So So, getting getting back to my story. Um, So I played Secret Stones. I thought it was okay. I didn't I wasn't really super into it or anything like that. So um, around the time when, you know, Path of Radiance or Radiant Dawn were coming out, I just didn't end up picking them up, even though I saw them on store shelves like a dummy. Because I should have picked them up because now I haven't played those games still and they're still and they're super expensive now, Um, especially Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance in particular is like very, very, very expensive. So um, at that point, I like you, I basically waited till the 3DS when Awakening came out. Um, I remember being really excited for it um, because I I was finally able to play it on on 3DS and it looked like the the type of like strategy RPG I would be really into. Um, especially coming from a background of playing stuff like Shining Force or Disgaea and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I, I picked it up day one and really loved it um, so much so that I then, it, you know, um, heard my my roommates were, were talking about it at the time uh, and they were all like, I got them into Fire Emblem as well. So like our entire like, Nice. like house and the, um, that that we were renting out come and then everyone who came in it all became fire emblem people uh mainly because i picked up the game at launch and, and loved it so um yeah it, i think that was the one game that probably really got the most people into the series um and then with uh with fates i actually played all three versions because i'm a crazy person don't do that honestly don't you can it. just play <laughs> conquest and then you play just fate well, uh, Revelations, the third chapter, is probably the best one. Um, and it also is the yeah. one that ties up all the, the story ends. But it has I feel like it has less impact if you don't at least play Conquest or Birthright first. Um, and um, I would say Conquest is way better than Birthright. So um, that's probably yeah. the way to go if you actually wanted to go back and play Fates if you never played it. Um, and then Echoes. For whatever reason, I didn't play it, but I wasn't playing a lot of 3DS at the time when it came out. Um, but it, but of course, now I have the collector's edition for um it on my shelf um but i i got it's that so after good. the fact um i didn't so get it good. right away or anything like that so um i didn't actually end up playing it until much much later and like you i really enjoy that game a lot too i think it's actually one of the more underrated fire emblem games and then three houses came out um and i was i, I thought three houses was really good i played all the roots of three houses but it also wasn't you know the the, mo- the most mind-blowing experience or anything like that because i just didn't like a lot of the the teacher stuff or a lot of the the school stuff that you did in that game. Like, it's just like, I get people really like the tea parties and stuff like that, but I was like, yeah, I don't really care about it's the rough. tea parties. Yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like the optional activities I just wasn't really into, um, which I, I think we'll play into a little bit of um, when we talk about Engage here. But uh, but yeah, and then Engage, of course, the newest game 
out now. The newest uh, one. I, yes. I still need to go back and play some of the older Fire Emblem games though, because I do really want to. Like I um we had that re-release of the original Fire Emblem on NES that was translated. Right. I have it, but I haven't played it yet. Um and I really I, I kind of want to at some point. Um it's and rough. then and then I kind of want to wait for, you know, genealogy of the Holy War to eventually get a remake before maybe going back to to that game rather than playing like a fan translated version or anything like that. Um, but I kind of want to play, I kind of want to play those super Nintendo fire emblem games at some point. Like I want to give them a try. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely give them a try. I tried the, the fire emblem 30th anniversary or whatever. And, um, after the first battle, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know, shining force, um, proved itself. It was, uh, probably the better end of the stick at the time. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of rough going to those classic Fire Emblem games, the before the GBA, yeah, and, well, and stuff like that. You know? Well, even then, like I still feel like Shining Force Two is actually probably a much more approachable game than you know the older Fire Emblem games, even just because I of agree. the permadeath element. Let alone, yeah, the permadeath really kills you. Yeah, on, on especially with the games, difficulty because so. they're fairly difficult games as well. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah. sure. But. There you go. So that's our history with the series. In case you're new to the show, we wanted to make sure to throw that in here because it's been it's been a year and a half since we did that episode, Garrett. So I thought it was time to talk about it. That's again. crazy. Yeah. But we should talk about, of course, how we how we played the game, where we're at in Fire Emblem Engage, what difficulty we played on, stuff like that. So, Garrett, um, I yeah. finished the game, but I know you haven't, right? I have not. I wanted to so badly before this episode, but I have not. Yeah. Uh, finished it. So how, how far are you in the game? Just approximately just ballpark. I'm, ja- I'm chapter 15. Okay. So I'm getting there. It's like more than halfway. Yeah. So. I can attest to that. Yeah. You're definitely yes. getting there. Um, whereas for me, I did finish the game, uh, uh like last weekend. Um, I put 52 hours was my final play time to, in order I hear to finish that's it. around the hour count is 44. 45 to 50 hours. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I also did a lot of idling too. And I did like way more skirmishes than I probably needed to. Um, cause I was grinding up. I some love of my doing the skirmishes, card. man. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, and I did every paralogue as well. Um, including yeah, the course. DLC paralogues, which we'll actually talk about the DLC in a little bit. Cause, um, I'm sure people out there who haven't played the DLC or, or, or haven't picked it up yet. Maybe want to know whether or not it's worth picking up the DLC right away or not. And, and I'll actually answer that question a little bit later, a little bit later as well. Um, so then Garrett, other question for you, what difficulty did you play on? And did you play with a classic or casual? I, I went normal and casual mode this time. I wasn't going to scar myself again. Uh, after my three houses run, I, I, so I did hard classic on, Mm -hmm. on three houses and I did not, and, and I went through that that run through without losing a single character, and I was very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's like I was going through, I don't know, some dark times during yeah. that game because it it's so difficult to not lose a single character because the these CPUs, man, they will target a character. They will target one character and yeah. destroy them. So I I'm glad I. I let myself go to casual mode and I never look back. I'm playing this game. I'm losing characters like once or twice left and right. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah. I can keep going. And it's, ah, it's so great yeah. having that weight off my shoulders. No, I think you <laughs> made the, you? the right call. Cause I, I actually also yeah. played normal and casual, um, especially cause I knew we were going to review the game. So generally whenever I approach a review, 
um, on the channel. I always make it my priority to play the game on normal difficulty, um, regardless of how I feel about it personally, whether I want to play higher difficulty or not, because that'll be like the difficulty that most people will play at that I know that are probably listening. Yeah. Um, but not only that, too, that's kind of how I usually play Fire Emblem, because I'm usually fairly laid back with them um because i because I, I like with engaging we'll talk about it a little bit but i like even though on normal difficulty i like some of the challenges it throws at you despite mm -hmm. even if there is no permadeath there is some challenge that's still there um so i'm actually like i'm not looking for it to be brutally difficult and the only reason why i play on uh, casual instead of classic is just because i'm the type of person who will just restart an entire mission if anyone dies so i'm just saving myself yes. the trouble of doing that because then no one dies. Yes, it changes your tactic slightly because you can, you know, throw people into impossible situations where you know they'll get targeted by the enemies. Um, but I think that also plays into the strategy a little bit. So I can live, I can personally live with that. Um, as opposed yes. to I'm I'm getting texts every day from from my girlfriend Garrett, because she's also playing this yes. game. Um, she's playing on maddening difficulty on classic, and uh oh she's having a time with the game. She's on oh, Lord bless her. She she's God bless uh, her. she just finished chapter seven. And uh, but it took her, I think, um, almost 50 tries to do chapter five without exactly. losing anybody. Exactly. You can't you can't put yourself through that, man. Like I went through that with three houses and never again. I'm just like, I'm no ripping the bandaid. I'm, I'm going normal, casual, never look back. I am having a blast with yeah. this game. To be fair, yes. it also sounds like she's having a blast with the difficulty because she likes really punishing games and, and she likes mm -hmm. the she likes the competitive side of games as well. So um, I'm glad she's actually having a lot of fun with it. But I know it's just like mm -hmm. when I hear her talk about it, I'm like, yep, that's not for me. <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> but I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's kind of kind of my response to that. Um, you know what? I, I do have to like if, if you guys have an itching. Just try it out. Just try it a little harder difficulty yeah. and try casual mode or, or uh, classic mode because it really is a different game. Yeah. When Once you set that on, it's really like no more like like giving away anything. You are so much more defensive. Yeah. Every space counts in that battlefield. Every space in every turn. And it's uh, it, it's it's certainly an experience, but... Glad I experienced it once and I'm I, yeah. I'm not going back. Well, it, so. apparently it totally messes with the hit rates for your allies. Like the she was mentioning too, me, yeah. there's like you your allies have like a 95% chance to hit and they miss almost every time. And I was just yes. like, oh my god, that sounds sounds miserable. <laughs> but, that sounds about right. Yeah. But either way, Ooh. you know, at least we have the same baseline we're kind of comparing it from, which is nice that we both kind of played it through played through it the same way, um, which is mm -hmm. good. Um, but yeah, even if you play it on normal mode, it's still a really long game at, again, like 50 hours, which is kind of crazy. So real That's quick, true. let's give kind of like a, a quick, quick, you know, spoilerish free kind of story synopsis to what you're kind of doing in this game, just so we can kind of talk about the story at least a little bit. Um, but obviously we're going to, you know, avoid any spoilers. So um, you play as a Lear or whatever you decide to rename your, you know, crest uh, kind of char colored character um to um he or she is a is a divine dragon that's been asleep for a hundred years you wake up uh because evil is afoot um and you and your fellow guardians who have been guarding over your body for a hundred years uh need to go across the land and collect the 12 emblem rings 
in order to basically save the day. And the emblem rings contain the spirits of um, warriors from other realms, aka other Fire Emblem games, because essentially um, this game serves as basically like a Fire Emblem like 30th anniversary celebration where um, all the emblem rings, there's one emblem ring for each Fire Emblem game across the 12 games. Like that's how that, that's how that works. Um, and, and, you know, as um, you recruit those characters, you'll then l- learn more about them and they'll be integrated into the story in some interesting ways, which was kind of cool. Um, and then from there, you can also um, spawn additional rings from the same game. Um, so you get like a bunch of random characters um, from, you know, genealogy of the Holy War or um, like the, the like the original Shadow Dragon or Sacred Stones to kind of use in your party as well, which are like weaker versions of the same same rings. Um, and we'll talk more about how the rings kind of work uh, when we get into combat mechanics. So, Garrett, that's enough about what I want to say about the actual story itself. But I want to know what your thoughts are on the story in Engage. Like, do you like it? Do you not like it? What do you think about it so far? It's it's fine. Yeah, it's OK. It's like, oh, I'm going through a JRPG story. Num- numero 27. It's uh, it is definitely like on that JRPG trope storyline, the writing to the voice acting. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm yeah. just saying like once you play like one JRPG, you kind of know what is going on with this game. So it's, it's pretty predictable. Then again, I'm only like, I'm, I'm only in chapter 15. So who knows? Maybe it'll surprise me at the end, like what Pokemon did, uh, earlier, like this past month or past few months. Yeah. But you know, like from, from what I'm seeing, I, I don't really care much about the story. That's, that's not the highlight of the game for me. I like the, um, the character design a lot. Yeah. I love the different characters and the personalities behind it. I think they did a very great job of like putting in different costume designs, different um, you know, personalities behind them. Um, it, it, overall, it's just fine. It's a fine JRPG story. What about you? Yeah. yeah, I'm in the same boat. Honestly, I think, you know, Fire Emblem to me has never been what, like, and I, I think I know people feel differently about this. But for me, yeah. I've never really thought of Fire Emblem as a a series that have had amazing stories. I think the stories always yeah. have been pretty good, but I've never really thought of uh, thought of Fire Emblem stories as amazing or the main reason why I'm playing these games. A lot of times the exactly. main reason I'm playing Fire Emblem is for the combat in the same reason why I like, really like Shining Force um, on the Genesis. I really like, like the story is just okay in those games, but the main reason why you're playing it is the, is the gameplay. And, and I really felt that way about this game, but I will say the storyline in this one overall, I feel like it's a little bit, it's a little bit worse than some, like it's a little more generic than (laughs) some of the other games. It's pretty generic, man. Like you go through the next chapter and like, Okay, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're being predictable about this. Like it's yeah. going through the campy stuff. Yeah. It's it's very noticeable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think there are some good like twists in the story, and I think there's some good story moments. Yeah. But I just mm-hmm. think overall, it it definitely feels uh, more on the generic side than a lot of the other games, and that's okay. Because again, I, okay. I think that this game gets lifted up a lot by its gameplay, which again will kind of dive into a little bit, but also I agree with you with the character designs, Garrett, because I think they, I think 
you could definitely tell that a different team than usual designed the characters this time around. Um, Cause you can tell that Gust had a little influence on this game this time around, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Like I actually think I actually felt like the character designs were actually pretty refreshing, both from a visual standpoint, but even just the interactions with the characters I really like. Like I like the, all of the, um, all, all of the interactions between the characters when you go back to like, when you are leveling up your bonds and, and whatnot with your other characters, I liked all that stuff in this game. Um, so I, I do it's think some of that stuff's really good. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. The bonding. There, there's some conversations between two characters. I'm like, I know they're being like trying to be wacky. And yeah. it's just like the with the translation, with the voice acting and the, per- I'm just like, wow, yeah. they, <laughs> you can tell um, how campy this game is. They, they, I think it was more self-aware than anything else. It wasn't meant to be, you know, super serious or whatever. And that's kind of like the very different from three houses, you know, three houses was totally like um, very serious very dark had yeah. you had pl- like you know player agency and choice um that really impacted the story and really impacted which characters you're gonna have or not and um it was emotional yeah um and, and even towards the end it was just like oh my gosh like this is grim um but this one not so much it's like yeah hey let's all be cute and have fun that, yeah. that's what i feel like no, exactly like this, this is a very kind of like happy-go-lucky kind of story that also happens to be you know generic you know rpg storyline 82 where your character has amnesia and you've got to save the world with your plucky group of friends like that that is kind of a big part of you know the story in this game which is fine again there's nothing wrong with that as long as again it's not taking itself too seriously and i don't think that this game definitely does that um but moving on from the story because but but obviously i will say you know if you're going in this if you haven't picked up engage yet and you want to know if there's a good story there don't don't play this game for the story i think there's more to it than that because exactly we got to talk about the combat garrett the mechanics because there's a bunch of interesting mechanics in this game that i want us to talk about so first off the weapon triangle garrett is back in this game it is back it's back thank goodness but in a different way than before because um it's not just based on damage this time around as far as you know doing additional damage Mm -hmm. like if you have um like a like an axe versus a sword as an example um like it's it's not just about extra damage but it's all about being able to break um or quote unquote break the the enemy that you're attacking which um actually stops them from counterattacking you which is a big part of, you know, planning out your strategy and, and knowing, you know, okay, which guys you, you want to go in with. Um, but I did notice as part of the weapon triangle being back, um, the team mechanics, I felt like got it like a big debuff in combat this time around. We're in, you know, in, yes. in, in, in awakening, mm-hmm. if you had, you know, three characters next to each other, um, and they all had like really high bond levels with each other, like you would attack and you would basically get three attack, three full attacks on the enemy. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Whereas in this game, like you're basically attacking for five. If you're, if you've got an ally that's by you or, and that scales up, you know, depending on your support level where, you know, the maximum they can attack for is 15 essentially at that point. It's not much. It's like, less than half or even a fourth of the damage yeah. that you would see in awakening you know, yeah because some you'll go up against bosses that'll have 60 health with two revive gems meaning they basically have 180 health and your team attacks are attacking for 10 
And it's just, yeah. so it's just like, yeah, they, they definitely nerfed that a lot. But what did you think about the weapon triangle being back and how that worked into the strategy? Because I thought the braking system was actually kind of interesting this time. The braking system is cool, I think. I think it adds a little bit more um, kind of flavor to the battlefield for both you and the enemy. Like, they, it, it really doesn't matter. Like, and you got to make sure that the sequence of your attacks is what's really critical when you're going through this weapon triangle stuff because you want to make sure you go in, you go in and break the um, character or whatever, and that means they can't attack in the next turn. So you can use that to your advantage for your next attack being um, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't matter which character is going to be. They're not going to attack back uh, to that character. So that's great. Um, but the same thing happens the other way around. The enemy can do that as well. So <laughs> you just got to, you know, take it for what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I like how that's... In, I, I, I like the light little changes to the combat compared to previous games because yeah. they wanted to do something just a little bit different. Um, with Fates, it was all... And Awakening, it was all about the dating simulation or whatever and figuring out which kids to have or not. Uh, Three Houses was just more about like which students to have or whatever. And then it adds a little bit more combat to the monsters or whatever. But this time around, going back to the classic Fire Emblem style a little bit more and now putting this extra flavor <laughs> breaking. So I think it's kind of cool um, the way that they, you know, they're just kind of mixing the pot a little bit, but not too much. It's still classic Fire Emblem, I think. Yeah. From a battle standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. Yeah. For the most part, like I actually felt like this one almost was a return to form with the the, yes. the combat itself, because I felt like three houses, especially with some of the garrison units you'd have and um, just yeah. some of the way those battles were designed, it really felt like they were kind of getting away from traditional fire emblem and trying to be, do something kind of different which is okay like i i did like the battles in in three houses um and i liked that for that game they did something different but i'm glad with this one because it again it's trying to be like an anniversary project for fire emblem so looking at it from that perspective it makes sense that why they would go back to more of a classic style combat versus something like three houses i think yeah. in a big way um which i think is a good thing um but of course with every fire emblem game you get a little gimmick thrown in with each game. And this one is engaging. And we talked about it before. Engaging is where you wear a ring from one of the, the 12 other characters uh, from previous Fire Emblem games. Um, and they will help you during combat. Um, usually you can do a big super attack depending on the character itself. Uh, and what's nice about the super attack is not only does it do a lot of damage, but the enemy cannot counterattack you during the super attack. Yeah. Um, so you kind of get like a, a free pass. Um, so it's usually strategic to use the, the, that ability when you're, maybe your character is low in life or when you're maybe anticipating that the enemy that you're attacking is going to kill your unit or might seriously wound them. Um, it might be better to use that versus there. Um, and you can't use it unlimited times. You can, you can only use the super ability when you engage, um, um, but then you can just use regular attacks until the engage wears off after a couple turns. And then you have to wait a certain number of turns before that, um, replenishes before you can use it again. So again, it's, it's, it's really tactical when you're going to employ that. Um, although I will say for me personally, just playing on normal towards the end of the game. Um, I really found like I was only really using the engage ability, like just as soon as like basically to dogpile 
the boss, essentially, <laughs> which is just yeah. funny. Like get it, gathering all my allies around the boss and then having them all engage kind of at the same time and then just kind of like obliterating the, the final boss from there. Um, that, but not that all sounds about right. Yeah, but the the super attacks aren't just all damage abilities because there is a heal ability as well. That's like super powerful that you get as yeah. well, uh, which actually heals all your allies to full. But then your character that uses it then goes back to down to one health. So then you, try, you have to try and, you know, balance that out a little bit. Um, but then you also have access to the hero's weapon. And depending on your bond with that hero, um, you'll have access to one of three weapons that then vary in power um, that you can actually power back up in your main base. Um, so again, lots of layers with engaging. But Garrett, you facepalmed a yes. little bit when I mentioned engaging. But I want so I want to know what you think about this. Well, I, I thought you were going to mention another thing. So we're good. Engage, I think is cool. I think it's, it has... Um, they wanted to do something different and I'm glad that they did this with their anniversary celebration. It's like, Hey, let's call back to these heroes. And it really reminds me of like persona. Like, you know, you're, you're calling a ghostly figure that will, has enhanced powers for you. Um, what I'm noticing more and more with the engage, I love how, um, powerful it is, but at the same time, how limited it can be. Yeah. Um, because you got a gauge and then in the beginning of your of the battle that gauge is full so you can use the engage whenever you want but once you run out of that engage ability you have to attack with that character a certain amount of times or go to certain spots in the map to fully recharge the gauge yeah so there's some limitations of, of using it you got to be using it wisely um throughout the game um as you said the super abilities and engage has a lot of different um flavors to it for sure um as you said there's one that does healing uh there's one that like is kind of like a biting attack where like every uh enemy can attack that uh one character and taking all the damage and then does a super powerful attack at the next turn uh against all the enemies so there's just a lot of different um kind of flavors with it there's one that like you know it's a bow that shoots super far yeah, like like super duper far. It's like so nice. It's like, yeah. oh, great. I can pick off one character that would super annoy me if I ever come in contact with them. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, the engaging stuff is cool. Um. And I love how, um, the weapons you get access to during engage, is is focused on the weapon. So it's not because classes, right? You're for for the character that you have, the classes have specific weapons that you can only wield. Yeah. But once you're engaged to a um one of the fire emblem uh characters, then th- you get focused on their specialized weapons, whether it's a hammer or a bow or whatever. So you can instantly switch weapons yeah. in the game. And it kind of um this game wants you to mix and match. Yeah. And so you can like pick whatever emblem. Uh, rings you want to whatever character you want in in your party like it doesn't matter um and it's so nice that the game offers you an optimize button for these rings as well and so you can just press l optimize all great you you picked out the most according to the game the most optimized way for your rings and for your emblem rings and i think it's kind of cool to to play it like that as well um, and then you get more bond levels uh, between your emblem and the character itself. So uh, 
as you raise that bond level, you'll get more skills unlocked to yeah. inherit and then so on and so forth. I think it's cool. It's a great um, uh, extra mechanic that we haven't seen before in Fire Emblem, uh, in Fire Emblem games. And I'm wondering if they'll ever do it again. <laughs> yeah, I would um, imagine because yeah. just like a lot of the the one off mechanics, it probably won't be something we see in another game. Um, kind of like the dragon abilities in, you know, Fates or um, right. some of the other abilities you got in Awakening. Like, I don't think they're going to redo that again, which sucks because I actually like I actually like the em- the the engaged stuff a lot. Like the I like the emblems. I think that, I think I like the idea there. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. Um, and also I like the, the customization that you can also do with your characters because then you can um, you can inherit skills from um, the, the the bonds that you have with your emblems to give you some of yeah. your characters, you know, access to some skills from there that are actually like really useful. Like one of them, for example, Sigurd, which is like a, a mounted unit um, in his right. original game, um, he could, you know, move after he attacks um, and you could actually get that skill for any of your teammates that you then level up your bond with him to level five. And then you spend what's referred to as SP or skill points mm-hmm. to then obtain that when you go back to your home base. Um, so I love just the extra layer of strategy that's in there as to like, okay, what skills are are useful to target for specific characters or which ones do you want to target for every character? Cause there are some abilities like the one I just mentioned for, for Sigurd that you kind of want with every character for the most part, like, cause that extra ability to move after combat is just so useful in getting out of danger. Um, like it, it just, it makes a lot of sense, especially I imagine like in the tougher difficulties, like if you're playing on maddening, like that sounds like something you want with every every oh, one of your absolutely videos. critical yeah <laughs> to have that yeah so yeah i like i like how all that stuff kind of ties together and 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 you know how all that works and that plays a little bit into the dlc emblems which i'll actually tar- talk about now um so first off we do have a dlc pack that's available now um that basically has four different dlc releases and we only have one of them so far um and each mm-hmm. one is going to have a certain number of emblem rings in it from characters from other games that we don't we don't know who they're going to include just yet. Um, all we'd have right now are the you receive an emblem ring with the three house leaders from three houses, mm-hmm. and you also get and you have like a this really overpowered engage attack with them where you attack with all three of their weapons and it looks really cool. Um, but cool. and that that uh, that emblem in particular has a very powerful ability which gives you twenty percent experience bonus. That you can then tie to any one of your troops, provided that they unlock that ability. Um, so that's wow. Yeah. So that's one that if you really want to skip the grinding, that's actually a good character to have from the DLC. And then the other one that you get is Tiki. And you actually have a Tiki. mission where you unlock Tiki, um, which is really cool. Tiki. Like I really like the mission that you have with Tiki. It's in this like ice palace, and um, I like the mechanics that they're in there and stuff, and it kind of um, is very Tiki flavored. So I kind of like that the idea that they kind of went all out with the paralogue for Tiki. Uh, but her special ability, the one of the the ones that you can target for your other troops, is that when they level up, they get like uh, a higher percent chance to get a ton of bonus stats or to increase mm. your your power level really rapidly. Um, so you could so that was another good one to really target uh, for your skill points if you do have the DLC. Not only that, but Tiki is ridiculous when you when you transform into her because you transform into a dragon because of course you do. It's Tiki, yeah. uh, and you have it's three Tiki. and you have three engage abilities. 
um, because you have like this breath attack, which then hits four units kind of in like a, a T shape. Um, and then you have like a, a kick that's good against certain units and then a claw that's better against a different type of units. So uh, the Go DLC on, characters are interesting to have. Uh, it's probably not worth it to to get the DLC now unless you're you know you're gonna want to go back for that extra episode because that's gonna be where the bulk of the DLC will be later down the line at some point. Um, but I wanted to touch on it there because I know probably some people at home are wondering if the DLC is probably worth it. So it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Right at this second, um, unless you want those those extra you know two rings to work with. Um, but I think eventually it probably will be with the extra content at some point. Yeah. So, do you think it's gonna be as big as like uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC, right? The Cinder yeah. Shadows or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I imagine it would be a similar length. Where to be an entire? Well, it made sense in Three Houses because you know Three Houses had multiple routes, um, and it was right. basically just the the fifth route essentially. Um, and yeah. they, so they probably won't do something similar this time. But I think it'll be at least a a twenty to thirty hour story. I imagine at some point. Wow. Man, but, that's going to be pretty big. So yeah. They I'm, haven't I'm talked about it too to much, it. but yeah, mm-hmm. they, they said there's going to be a lot there, but also again, the divine paralogue Island, which is the DLC Island that unlocks when you, when you get the DLC, um, it has at least nine more missions as paralogs for recruiting the other rings. So that are, are going to pop in as DLC later. So you already have that on top of whatever this next chapter dlc is going to be so that might also be another like so that's maybe Mm. 10 to 20 hours just to do the paralogs that are there and then you get another 20 or 30 hours on top of that with whatever this new episode or chapter or whatever it is going to be so okay yeah sounds good i think it's actually really interesting so that's the Mm. dlc anyways um and that's pretty much everything you need to know about combat we should talk a little bit the about the somniel though which is the um the the home base that you go to between missions um, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Cause I think this is more of a throwaway thing this time around. Where, and I kind of like that about that though, where I'd like that you, there's a lot of activities there, but a lot of them are throwaway activities where if you, you like they're optional, you don't have to do them if you don't want to do them. That's there's a couple, true. you don't have to do, there's it. a couple that you should do after every single battle because it actually unlike three houses where you basically go there on whenever the calendar dictates you go back to the home base in this game you can go back to the home base whenever you want to and it refreshes after yeah. every single battle you do even skirmishes um so um the the one area that's really useful in there is the 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 arena where essentially you get three yeah. free battles with any one of your party members to then get extra XP. And usually for a lot of characters, that will be uh, a single level if you do all three of them with one character. Yeah, um, it's pretty useful like that, especially for weaker characters in your party that yeah. you want to level up. But It's they, a good way to level up. But they get paired against characters in your party or your emblems, and they have to yeah. win the battle to get the maximum amount of experience. So you just have to keep that in mind yeah. a little bit. And it's random too. So you can't be like, you can't it's purposely make it to fight, have them fight one of your level one characters that you haven't even touched in your party, as an example. I've but. touched all my characters. Oh, geez. Oh, that sounds <laughs> that sounds wrong, Garrett. Why were you talking? <laughs> what I mean by that, they're all pretty good levels right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I don't leave anyone behind. 
No, of course. But you have yeah. you have this little farm where you can adopt animals after every battle, because after every battle, you can actually walk around the map that you fought on in 3D, which I think is interesting. I like the idea of being able to run around the map a mm-hmm. little bit and explore. Uh, but you can adopt these little animals. And then when you adopt them, you bring them back to your home base. Um, and, you know, they will, after every mission, give you like more resources that you can then use for some either upgrading your weapons or, you know, eating with with your cafeteria with your friends to then you know boost your bond levels um or certain aspects like that um but for the most part again i really think a lot of that stuff is totally optional if you don't really want to you know engage of course just to use just use the word there if you don't want to engage with the system there i don't really think you have to at that point yeah so the most required things from this island i think is as you said the arena Mm -hmm. is a big one the farm is is good to have just because you want to get some of those cooking ingredients for cooking and cooking is pretty important in this game as well. I think it's less important than three houses, but still pretty important um, where you prep a meal with you, the main character, Lear, whatever, and your two other and two other characters of your choice. Yeah. And then um, you want to maximize or the best meal out of them so you can get as much support and bonding between the characters so you can go to the next support level uh, for all of them. So yeah, that's why you kind of need cooking ingredients. That's why fishing is involved too. Um, fishing isn't that bad in this game. I like It's like, okay, yeah. you go and, and do the mini game and you're good. Um, I think uh, the rings is fine. Um, I'm, I'm mid about this whole um, melding rings, you know, the side rings. Yeah. So as, as you mentioned before, these emblem rings are coming from every game. And so what they did is like, okay, you can buy like with your bond fragments, a certain amount of random uh, rings coming from their game, all the different characters, but they don't give you these special abilities or whatever. They just give you extra stats, which is yeah. fine. Um, it just seems like a little bit more busy work than than anything. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see all the different designs uh, coming from all the games uh, going into this one. It's just all the 2D artwork. And it's actually straight from like yeah. it's straight from the games. Like you see Fire Emblem uh, Echoes, uh, Shadows of Valencia. I was surprised to see all the th- uh, 2D art coming from the 3DS game. Yeah. It's like straight up the same design well they do that with because um, you could also get the awakening or the fates characters as well yeah. um when you unlock those emblems as well and there's again same thing but then also you get you know the end the the like the shadow dragon ones and they're all like the the old character portraits from the you know the nes game or the the gba remake right. of it which is just funny to right. see yeah it's interesting um so i you know you could do the bonding the polishing ring stuff is that's a throwaway yeah <laughs> Kind of, um, and then and then the exercising and the shooting, yeah, uh, with the wyvern writing that that's all throwaways, really. Yeah, you don't. Same need with to the do fishing that. as well. It's kind of throwaway. The fishing There's, you don't really need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I like that the, that stuff's there for that people who actually like to do a lot of that stuff or like to you know go back to the home base and try a different th- a bunch of different things. But again, does it? I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not doing any of that stuff. Cause I was doing all that I, stuff at first. And yeah. then I realized, no, I don't really need to do all these things, but it was good to at least try all them out and see what, what they offered anyways. 
Yeah, the one thing I always need to do when I go back to this stupid island is to pick up all the items. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's that's a flashing yellow on my mini map. I better go get it. And I cannot miss this opportunity to pick up that one thing on yeah. the ground. And then I got a pet saw me and let them poop out fragments. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's a great mechanic to have around. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, it's fine. It is it's it's a fine island. I still say Fates has the best uh kind of headquarters yeah. uh type of mechanics than any other Fire Emblem game that yeah. I've played. I, li- I yeah, I like the base building in in Fates and the fact that you could also, you know, attack other other bases as well in the multiplayer and and take, you know, the bases out. Which by the way, I don't think either of us tried the multiplayer for this one, right? No, I have not. No. Yeah, no. I didn't either. Um, I don't even know what you really do. You just go to the tower because there's the tower of trials and there's multiplayer stuff there where you can do like, you know, quick matches against other people. So I haven't really I haven't really done that at all. But that's a thing. That's a thing that you can do in that game as well. So Mm. kind of skipping over some of those other stuff. First of all, I'm glad that skirmishes are back in this game um as, as well as the paralogues which have been kind of in all the, the newer fire Emblem games and i think all of them are pretty well done as well um but i i um noticed that they're definitely less paralogues this time around than a lot of the other games um but yeah. i still like that that you know there's plenty of skirmishes if you need to you know grind xp for whatever reason if you're having trouble um i like that that's there even though it does take a little while before you get to unlock skirmishes as a mechanic yeah. i do like that they're in this game as well um yeah skirmishes are fine um i i didn't understand too much of the level scaling as much like they're they were trying to tell you hey you got to be base class this or advanced class that um and it seems always the skirmishes were higher level than my chapters and that just made every time okay that's intent intended okay cool sounds good um but i always felt like going into a battle and this is just me, and this is on normal casual as well. So don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I did not have trouble. Yeah, uh, this is not this is not too much uh, of a struggle for me. I would lose a character here and there if it's super hard, um, but I never felt like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose this game. Yeah, um, every time. So yeah, but that's yeah. just me. The funny thing is, Garrett, towards the end of the game, you will unlock skirmishes that are base class five. And stuff like that, like really weak Weird. skirmishes to then bring up your your lower level characters that maybe you haven't touched. OK, so okay. That you do cool. get that eventually just for whatever reason. It doesn't happen till like the last like five or six chapters of the game for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Also, I know there's actually a lot of people that are out there asking this question because it's not spelled out for you. Yes, there is romance in this game, but it happens way later in this game than every other Fire Emblem game. So yeah, it will, it, it's the, not important. The much, game will right. introduce you to that element. Um, it's interesting how they do romances this year. And I'm, I don't want to spoil it because there is a story specific reason why it's later in the game. Um, but the, just so you know, for those that are playing this game along with us um, that have that are wondering where the, where the where the romance stuff is, why you don't get S rank with your characters to then romance them. That's why there is a section later in the game where you then get to do the romance stuff. But it is not okay. the game, unfortunately, does not spell it out for you, which is just bizarre. Okay. But yeah, they did. They never. Yeah, I haven't touched it yet. Yeah. I hear it's like way later. Yeah. It's like, OK, well, yeah, sounds way good. later. 
Yeah. And the last thing I want to kind of mention before we go to final thoughts are the visuals, because I thought that this Mm -hmm. is always an interesting topic when we're talking about Switch games in 2023, Garrett, because everyone's (laughs) always like, man, things barely run on the Switch. I can't believe that we need to move on from this platform. Uh, But this, I think, is actually one of the examples of a game that actually runs really well on switch like this is a game that you know it doesn't run these 60 frames per second or anything like that it runs 30 frames per second but a rock solid 30 frames per second pretty much throughout my entire experience unless you felt really? differently garrett did you had you had to I slow mean, down for the for 85 percent of the time rock solid 30 fps there's 15 percent, and that's just not like it's not bad it's just chugging because there's just a lot going on right in the map i'm like okay it's chugging down now dropping to 15 frames in this one certain frame of your game that's animating all these different characters so but yeah all in all not bad looking game at all um on the switch um it visually it looks fantastic the animations look great um it does look a little edgy um but not near as edgy as uh fire Emblem three houses this is like way smoother way cooler uh looking very very vibrant on the switch oled like i love playing this game on my oled screen all the time um yeah no this this game is like probably top five performing nintendo first party games yeah, like I can think Which of. just a lot it's because there's tough. been a lot of there's been a lot of games that have performed perform pretty well. But there's also a, game, a lot of games that just have not performed well on Switch, yeah. especially as of as of late. Um, so I definitely did wanted to mention it there because, again, uh, I remember during Nintendo Drive, we got that question a lot asking about performance. So I wanted to mention it here mm-hmm. as well. But other it, than that, it performs great. Yeah. So go for it. Exactly. So. Now I think it's time for us to kind of go into our final thoughts and do we recommend this game. But before this, actually, I think I think maybe we'll do the listener questions actually first, because um, maybe that'll tie into this a little bit. So first off, um, we should get into this first. Um, But the Muffin Mon asked the question, who is the best waifu and why it is? Why is it a T? Or a tie? Who's a T? Oh, she's the the archer woman. I dropped her. Sorry. What? <laughs> Muffin Mon. I oh had my to god! Her. I had, there's so many good characters. Okay, I I do want to mention one not negative thing because they've always been doing this in Fire Emblem, but I have to complain about this. Okay. There's so many characters in this game, I, and I'm one of those people, <laughs> one of those players that loves to make sure everyone's involved. Like in one way or another. So I'm a stickler. Like I, I will do like, I literally do skirmishes and paralogs, completely different characters. And just to make sure that they're leveled up, that they're, they're doing fine, that they're having the best weapons and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of characters in this game. Yeah. And every chapter I'm struggling to pick units. Cause like, okay, I need a good balance. Oh, but I really want this bond to go with this character, like this emblem ring to go with this character. So I got to put that, but I need this character because it's lower. Like I have that going through my head every time. Like I think at least for like 20 minutes or 15 minutes, I'm thinking about what, who am I going to put in this battlefield uh, before I start? Um, Anyways, I just wanted to mention that. Of course. So Um, now you have to answer the Muffin Mon's question. Who is the best waifu and why? Yeah. 
Uh, it's not a T, of course. It's Ivy. Ivy oh. is the best waifu. Like, she is amazing. She is on a wyvern doing some cool magic. I just advanced her class, and uh, yeah, no, she's a, she's a looker, too. Yeah, for sure. there's yeah, that. Out of all of them. There's yes. an obvious reason yeah. why you might, I, I can understand why you would go it's, with Ivy. That thirst trap. But I just so really like her character because I, I like the the the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the bonds that you have with her, like when the conversations you have with her, like the sport conversations are really good with Ivy and I kind of like her score, story just in general. So I think mm-hmm. Ivy's a good, a good, uh, good answer. And I like it that Lasala in the chat also feels like you have a decent answer, even though I know, know Lasala's favorite character is Atia. And you you, you kind of disappointed her a little bit, I think. Um, yes. As for me, I would actually say my favorite favorite waifu, the best waifu in this yes. game is Chloe. Because, you know, she Chloe's just wants to too. live in like a fairy tale story. She, you know, she's got, you know, great goals. Uh, she's got blue hair, which, you know, always, always great. I really, really like the the the, the hair that she has. She's a, of course a Pegasus rider, which also I think is a good look as well. So uh, I have to, I have to go with her. I think she's great. But then Sean Capri, the pants man himself, yes. asks follow up question of the highest general journalistic interest: Who is the best husbando, and why are it, why is it literally? Well, I literally don't know who to put there. Nagachaka, what do I do? So who is the who is the best? husbando in this game and why Garrett? Uh, there's only one husbando in this entire like you know character palette or actually there's there's two okay um one is pendreo pendreo's mm-hmm. there man he's like a, the party animal he loves to uh, have you heard the support conversations with pendreo the uh guy he's the high priest from psalm right the red hair yeah um, he, he's, he's, he has a, a wacky personality. I love it. He's just all over the place. Um, my next one is Fogato. Fogato's legit too. He's certainly a character, uh, as well. So those are my two Hispandos. Nice. Nice. Those are some good choices. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, I honestly would probably say Pendrago too. It's probably who I would say. Pendrago. Yeah. yeah. That's who I would say. Um, We're just gonna stick with them. <laughs> oh my god, that's so ridiculous. But but you love it. It's so good. And then you know, it's it's so funny because the character animation has nothing to do with the voice acting. The animation's like this, like he's just like steadily going back and just opening his mouth a little bit, not like anything, but he he literally does a wolf sound, like a wolf howl. Right like the loudest he can. This voice actor was really into it. So yeah. I applaud him for that. <laughs> he did a good job. Next, we got Skycatcher Gaiman who asks, do you feel that engage gives too many difficult off- difficulty options? Is engage good enough for another playthrough? So it has three difficulty options. You have normal, you have hard, and mm-hmm. then you have maddening, which I think is fine. I don't think you really need more than that. I mm-hmm. would say what I would love in the future instead is maybe to have like a dynamic difficulty system where maybe those are like presets, but maybe there's a bunch of bars that you can slide um, depending on, you know, different mechanics. Maybe you want increased or de- decreased. Um, so if there's what maybe one mechanic you're really struggling with, you can be pull that down, um, but then kind of raise other levels of stuff. But I know that that's 
a lot of complication to add to the game design. So I can understand why they don't do that and why they just default to three different difficulties. But I don't think it has too many difficulty options. But what do you think about this question, Garrett? Uh, I don't think it has too many. Um, it's fine. It's three. I mean, it's three difficulty options. You you see games with like seven yeah, or something like that. That's true. Um, I think you're right. I, I, I think Wargroove did it pretty well um they have like scalers uh for each of their difficulty options yeah. i would like to see as you said have a dynamic system but at the same time have presets so like just have a button that says normal hard maddening yeah and then you can click that or you can just change however you want and do a custom yeah um type of deal i think that's a, i mean that would be the best um yeah i i think it's fine uh, it's gonna it's it's pretty hard uh, i'm maddening in classic is like you, you don't want to go harder than that yeah <laughs> and um normal casual is fine i i i think i think it's okay for this game um i don't know if i would say this game is the most approachable final yeah. game i think all. it's definitely one of them I think of all okay, the Fire Emblem okay. games, it's definitely one of the most approachable ones. You think is the more, okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah, I think it's more approachable um, than something like Fates, I think, uh, except for Birthright, which yeah, was okay. just way too easy. Um, or even something like, um, I think, like uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, like I think it's way more approachable than that. I think it's, I think sure. it's actually more approachable than Three Houses only because it's less bloated with mechanics. Where it actually it is, is just, less bloated, yeah. For sure, yeah. I feel like for new yeah. players, they'd be able to get a handle on this better than something it's, like it's, Three Houses. It is simpler, yeah, for sure than than Three Houses. I uh, yeah, I I'm just still yeah. I'm wondering if there should have been an easier difficulty than this. Yeah, um, because because we're both playing on the easiest difficulty we can be. Right, right. Imagine someone that has never played a tactical RPG. It's like, all right, this is going to be my first tactical RPG. And it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. Like, I I would try some other game out other than um, this one first. Yeah. That's just me, it does hold your hand for the first couple chapters, though. Like, that's one of the, I think that mm. it its tutorial is lengthy and it teaches you a lot of the mechanics. So I do think for someone who's new, they would be able to learn a lot of the mechanics pretty easily, um, which is why I actually think between this or awakening, those are probably the two. These are probably the two games I would say are probably like the most approachable for new players. Mm. Um, okay. But to Skycatcher's other question, is Engage good enough for another playthrough? I think it certainly is, but it's the type of thing where you're not really going back to do a different route, like Three Houses or anything yeah. like that. Um, it is more like, you know, Fates or Awakening. So you are kind of just playing the same story again if you want to replay it, uh, but you maybe want to try it on a different difficulty or something along those lines. In which case, I think it's totally a serviceable way of, you know, I think it's totally fine to replay this game. Um, but I don't think it adds as, I don't think it, the replay value is as good as Three Houses, but I also think that might be for the better. Because in order to get the, the full story of Three Houses, you had to beat that game four times. It's like 200 hours to do all that. Like, not everyone has 200 hours to then do that. So it's just like, how many people are even really taking the time to see the rest of your game then at that point? Um, versus, yeah, versus something like this, where everyone who beats it is going to see probably everything they need to see from this game, unless they don't do some of the side missions or something like that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. 
All right, but let's move to final thoughts. Uh, there are a couple other questions, but they're Fire Emblem adjacent questions, and we'll get to those in a second. So final thoughts, Garrett, I want to know, you know, yes. even though you haven't finished it, do you think people yes. should be checking out this game? Yay or nay? Because again, review scores were all over the place for this one. If you remember, it we won. had get review scores in the 60s, review scores in the 90s. Um, but what do you think about this one? Do you think people should check this one out? Uh, people should definitely check this one out. Um, I think I agree with you that, you know, going into this game, you're going to learn a lot about Fire Emblem, um, most than any other Fire Emblem game, just because of the classic characters that you're going to meet along the way. Um, I think it's a pretty simple campy story, which is fine. It's serviceable you don't need a very complicated story. Um, the combat of it in itself, I think is not, I, I've never struggled Yeah. in this one, uh, compared to previous one. I know, um, a lot of people were initially playing on maddening yeah, and then they slowly dropped down to normal cause the, cause yeah. of the difficulty spike, but on normal and casual, I've never had a, like an issue, uh, with, with any of, of, of the battles itself. Um, if you are into Fire Emblem, this is a must play. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you're a Fire Emblem fan, you're playing this game. And no question, this is required reading for you folks out there. Uh, for non-Fire Emblem uh, fans, if you're a tactical role-playing game and you're like, hey, I want to try out a Fire Emblem game, this could be a good entryway uh, for you. Um, but if you are not a tactical RPG fan, Let's say you're more into turn-based persona type of gameplay. Maybe Three Houses is a better fit for you just because of the character system, the player agency. It has a little bit more mechanics than just the Fire Emblem mechanics in there. So, yeah, um, I would definitely recommend it to yeah. um, most of the people out there. It's a, It's a good game. It's a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you made a lot of great points. I actually think this is, you know, after I finish it, even though the story is just, you know, OK, that's my least favorite thing about this game, because everything else yeah. I really enjoyed. Like, I didn't just play 50 hours of this game in 10 days by accident or because I felt like I had to. It's because I couldn't put this game down. I was so drawn in by Engage. I was fully engaged with Fire Emblem Engage, Garrett. And yes, I, you just, I just couldn't stop playing it. So I just really, wow. really enjoyed my time with this game. And I definitely think it is worth checking out as well. Yes, you're absolutely right. If if you are kind of if you did like a lot of the the, the you know the persona like elements from Three Houses, then you're definitely not gonna like this game probably as much. And that's okay. It's just a very different style of game. Uh, but if you're into yes, like really deep strategy role playing games and you like that combat, but also having it be pretty approachable, then I think you know Engage is going to be your jam. And I definitely think it's worth checking out as well. So I think we both recommend. You check out Engage. You, that you recommend. We recommend you engage with Engage. I think it'll be great. Yes. But, also, right. uh, one more thing before we finish the Engage discussion. Let's talk about this. Okay. Divine edition that we both got. Yes. Uh, Mine's across the room. Oh, geez. Garrett's going to show it off, I guess. Because we have the. We both got the Divine edition. We got. In fact, you talk while I get mine. It's beautiful. Um, I love the cover art of this uh, Divine edition not that much more uh between the game and the this edition itself so it includes a steel book which is it looks gorgeous yeah. you should absolutely get that um an art book uh some art cards and then a poster 
of of this design itself uh, up in the front. Yeah, um, it's one of the best um, looking posters I've seen from a Fire Emblem game. Yeah, so go check this one out. It's it's mostly available in yeah. stores. Like I always see it available. So which is nice because um, like the other yeah. Fire Emblem collectors editions, they never ever made enough of them. Um, we, so it was good. I'm glad that they made way more of these. I think yes. but this, this special edition is actually really nice. And I, and you know, it kind of fits on my shelf with my other Nintendo special edition, uh, boxes anyways, where the boxes are nice. all like a very similar box and stuff like that. And I like too, that it's the, the, the logo here on the front is raised as well. I think that's a nice touch. So yeah, I'm so glad that I also, you know, engage with the, the special edition of Iron Woman engage as well. How many times mm-hmm. are we to say engage on here? Oh, I can't see. Ask the question. This is a good one. Um, cause I don't think yes. either of us tried this out. Amiibo support. So there's an area in the Somnial called the Amiibo gazebo, which I can't believe they didn't use any, like for any other amiibo game gazebo. out there. Like this is the first time they've used the term Amiibo the gazebo, <laughs> which just rolls off the tongue. So yes, it has Amiibo support. Um, I think it just unlocks special items. Um, if you have some of the other Fire Emblem characters, um, because it doesn't unlock any extra emblems or anything like that. I don't think, um, no, but again, like, I don't think either of us tried it right Garrett. Cause I didn't try the email support. I think it's just extra items. Right. And, yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's the same thing for three houses too. It's, a. Uh... Yeah. So yeah. It's nothing I, too I crazy. I haven't tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just unfortunately don't have any of my fireball amiibo at the moment because they're all in a box in my mom's basement. Um, on, for on, here we go. So y- you can select and scan, place any amiibo on your control. This will grant you a fashion and music ticket, which can be used to purchase amiibo exclusive outfits. So there, there's exclusive cosmetic items. Exclusive. Exclusive. On certain Fire Emblem yeah. uh, Amiibo. So you do have them. Go check that out. Go yeah. to the Amiibo gazebo and and put those Amiibos on those controllers. Yeah. But those uh, cosmetics are specifically for the hub area that you're in and not for yes. battle, which makes it's me sad. It's not for battle, which is so weird, yeah. but whatever. It's fine because the very first thing I did, Garrett, was unlock all the swimsuits and then just went with that. So there you go. <laughs> yes, of course. All the characters in my party have swimsuits because why not? But anyways, let's get into some of the other questions here. We got three other like rudimentary questions here, Um, but they're all Fire Emblem adjacent. So none of them are like, you know, different types of questions. So we're going to start with Ribo, a.k.a. Ribble on the Discordia, who asked the questions. Can we engage in banning McBeal? All right. The real question then, is there a Fire Emblem game that is worth tracking down to have in one's collection? So. Here's the thing. Huh. It depends. You could you could approach this a couple of different ways, because, I mean, you know, we're pro- he's probably not asking what the best Fire Emblem game to play is. He's probably asking, like, what's the best collectible Fire Emblem game? In which case we already answered to that earlier. It's Fire Emblem Path of Radiance on the GameCube. It's Path of Radiance. It, that thing is a rarity. Yeah. Out in the wild. I mean, it's already one of the rarest games on probably the, the console that is in the most demand at the current moment. Yeah. Um, like that, you know, Path of Radiance is worth a ton. Um, because I'm, yeah. I'm going to look up it up on well, Radiant Dawn was another one that's that's up there, but not, not as uh, Path of Radiance. The, those two games are, are pretty up there. Other than that. Yeah. Um, 
we got the 30th anniversary, which is cool. It's attainable. You can yeah. get it somewhere. Um, yeah. Um, Bath of Radiance, by the way, currently price charting over at PriceCharting.com, $420 complete in box if you want to copy Is that, that USD or Canadian? Uh, that is Canadian. So USD, okay. uh, $313, which is still a lot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That, so that it's not, it's not the most, deck. it's not the most expensive game on GameCube though, but it is That's one true. of the more expensive games on GameCube because GameCube yeah, again, yeah. GameCube is currently the hotness right now. All the GameCube, GameCube games are expensive. Is currently the hotness because Nintendo is still refusing to put anything related to GameCube on yeah. that dang switch. Yeah. But Radiant Dawn's another expensive one. So if you want to collect them specifically, Rebel, um, those are the more expensive ones if you're looking for the most expensive ones or the most desired ones from a collector standpoint. But, and it's hard to get the older ones too because they're Japanese only, like um, yeah, pre GBA. Yeah, the um, super super Famicom ones or the Famicom yeah. ones. Yeah, um, but they're not expensive. Like they made a okay, ton of you can of those. probably import them. You can import them. Fine. Yeah, like you could probably eBay cool. them for like thirty or forty dollars, like complete in box. That's not bad. Um, but next up, we got Blaze Knight who asks, how does Engage stack up against the greatest Fire Emblem game, Path of Radiance, which I think neither of us have played. So I don't think we have a lot I'm to sorry. say about this one, unfortunately. Blaze Knight. Blaze Knight. I, it's a game I want to play, but it's a game that's unfortunately outside my price range to play at this point. Maybe one day. Arg. Yeah. That's all I have to say. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It is like... It, and no one really talks about those games. Yeah. Like I hear like, you know, oh, look how pricey, how valuable it is. But I, I was just like, OK, is it like a good or a great game? And people don't like I, I haven't heard m- much uh, hype or gameplay ar- around these yeah. games specifically. And then it's really calling for a remake or at least like an HD port. Yeah, that would be actually kind of cool to have as an HD port of these games just yeah. over to on like that and Radiant Dawn together would be a great yeah, two pack right. um, kind of like, you know, um, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker would be a great, That'd be like, great. It's, it'd be the same kind of thing. I would love to see that kind of thing, yeah. especially because those games are so connected to each other. Um, and of course, one's on the Wii and then one's on the GameCube. So mm-hmm. there you go. And then uh, last question of the week comes to us from Nagachaku, who says the real follow up to the question from Sean Capri and the Muffin Mons question is which RPG franchise needs to release a full blown dedicated dating sim game? And why is it Fire Emblem? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. And honestly, I'm going to actually say Fire Emblem is a good one, but uh, I think Persona might actually make a better dating game. If I'm being honest, I don't know. There's something about the Persona world and the characters that would make like it would make for a good dating sim game, I think. But um, I think that or Final Fantasy, like a Final Fantasy dating sim game would be really interesting and unique. Mm -hmm. Um, But what what do you think about this, Gary? What, what, What dating sim do you want out there? I think I agree with you that the Persona series on average has better just writing in general like support and character relationships um i think it would be be good for a dating sim like you actually have character choices um a full-on dating similar with fire emblem you're gonna have to put some extra stuff in there some extra mechanics there's a lot of characters 
involved. Mm-hmm. So you can do a lot of dating. It's just that it's all talk. It's just talk, 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 talk. There's no choice. There's no like there, there's in three houses. There's actually pretty good um, support character uh, conversations. But in this game, oh boy, let me tell you, Chloe literally watched me wake up. He's like, I want to <laughs> yep. put a bed next to you. So I can watch you sleep yeah. and wake up. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? This woman just wants to stare at me sleeping. Like, it's, And you see, this is a problem, is, Garrett? It's not a problem. It's just, it's super weird writing. Yeah. <laughs> In conversation. So, yeah. Well, especially if you're not trying now. to, you know, romance her, I can get why that would be weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that, I think a Fire Emblem one would be interesting. Again, there'd be a yeah. lot, lot of choice with the character, but that's how dating sims work. Usually the dating sims will give you a set of five to seven characters to choose from, um, mm-hmm. depending on where the route goes. And it is all talking and all choices. So you, they'd have to narrow it down Garrett between all the characters. Whereas, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, um, persona, you usually have a limited number of party members. You can romance anyways, or confidants you can romance, which is why I actually thought it made more sense. Cause it kind of makes sense in the knowing the mold of dating Sims. Cause of course, Garrett, I've played dating Sims in my day. I know how dating Sims work. Um, yes. usually that's how dating yes, Sims work do. anyways. But cool. anyways, Sounds I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the RPG cave. But before we go, Garrett, where can people find you on the internet? Good, sir. You can just follow me at Twitter at blind explosion. And that's pretty much it. Don't, don't follow me anywhere else. I, I, yeah. I'm not active anywhere else. Don't, don't try to search me on Mastodon or yep. whatever other social networks. Um, what about MySpace though? Discord though. Uh, I may or may not still have my MySpace. Oh, open from 2006 or okay. five or wh- whenever <laughs> that was. Um, but you can find me on the Discord. I'm I am pretty active on the RPG Cave channel over there yeah. more than the other channels. Let's say I am I I favor the RPG Cave channel i couldn't understand uh, i couldn't understand why garrett hmm. i, I couldn't understand question. why either and yeah. i'm pretty active on on the psvg uh discord as well so check me out over there very nice my friend as for me you can follow me on twitter at http colon backslash backslash www.twitter.com slash ryan turford uh also i just wanted to point out next week's folks uh is valentine's day and boy howdy we have a really special episode for y'all next week on Valentine's Day. So I'm I'm actually so excited for that episode. I can't wait for y'all to see that. So tune in next week because I think we're going to have an, an interesting episode for that. But you also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming, on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, and on podcast services around the globe. So for Garrett Bland, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the 82nd level of the RPG Cave, and we're out. Bye-bye. The RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can please subscribe to Robbie Bobby Miller's Twitch channel over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. Trucker Sloth, Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. Please subscribe to them over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels today. Jonathan Brown, the new album from PME called Video Game Boy is available now on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Links are in the show notes. Please support these ultimate producers. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern, and our gold members, Anna, Cecily Carroza, 
Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you're thinking of jumping on into the car with us, head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.